All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of a chat with Matt Moore, my CCMA coverage today. I'm joined by the illustrious, acclaimed country songstress. And honestly, and I'm and not just saying this to blow smoke up your ass. I'm saying this because like I, I was looking through Megan's catalog and I was talking to Dave, her label up for this and just the progression of the artist's arc in creating the more authentic version of yourself to present that to an audience. That's the kind of stuff I vibe with. So Megan, welcome to the show. And I'm very excited to have you. Thank you for that. Uh, that very wonderful intro made me sound a lot cooler than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you, you got, you got to hype yourself up, right? That's, that's part of the game here. Absolutely. So, so how, how's everything been with you and your project? And like, um, first thing I kind of want to ask is how was dealing with, covid during this time like i'm assuming you're still out in nashville mm-hmm. how, yeah. how was covid in nashville and being a songwriter well i mean there could be a lot worse places for a musician to be trapped for COVID. Yeah. <laughs> you know, i'm assuming i was all right how was all that um you know <clears throat> now being like sort of on the other side of it <clears throat> excuse me um i can definitely see <clears throat> some of the silver lining but at the time it sucked for lack of a better term. You know, I just was, I was having a huge year already. I mean, at the time when everything hit, I was in the middle of my first headlining tour in Canada. I had just come off the old Dominion tour with, with Mitchell. I was on my way to the Junos where I was going to have my first time performing on the broadcast and I was nominated um and ended up winning and which was incredible i mean there's nothing that could take away from from that honor but there was definitely a part of me that it was a little a little um not a letdown i don't know what the right word is but you know there was definitely part of me that <clears throat> that wished i could have had the full experience of being actually at the junos one because i wasn't with my team my warner team when it happened and you know it's it takes a village I, I didn't get that award on my own you know that was that took a lot of of hard work on my team's behalf and the fact that I didn't get to like celebrate with them in person <clears throat> was was kind of sad for me but um you know it was still regardless it's still an incredible honor and an amazing award a huge milestone for me as an artist um but you know, I was, it was just really, it was a tough pill to swallow at first because I was really, to me, I was geared up for what was gonna be the biggest year of, of my entire career. I had just signed my US record deal. I was getting ready to, you know, go on, on radio tour and, and start really kind of making my mark here in the US. <clears throat> I was on my first headlining tour in Canada, which was another huge, you know, accomplishment and milestone for me as, as an artist. And then it was like all of a sudden just having the rub pulled out right from under me. Um, and, but, you know, also I, I wasn't the only artist who, who had that experience, you know, that was, it was the same for, for all of us. I know there were a lot of artists that were just frustrated and, <clears throat> and disappointed and felt kind of robbed of what they'd been working for, you know, for so many years. But I also think, <clears throat> sorry, I don't know what's going on with my throat here. Um, I also think that the silver lining of it was that it was, it was very, it had a very positive impact on my creativity and my songwriting, you know, because when everything happened and all of a sudden all the shows got canceled and we were just kind of locked down in our houses, I was like, I took a couple weeks to feel sorry for myself, you know, and, and kind of just mope around the house, 
I let myself have that. And then I was like, okay, enough's enough. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to use this time? You know, what's the best use of this time? And so I just said, all right, I'm going to make a point. I'm going to just write. I'm going to write every single day. And the hardest part of that was, you know, for the first time in a long time, I was having this huge writer's block. I mean, I just, I felt like I couldn't write a song to save my life. And I think part of it was because I just was, I was having so many overwhelming other emotions, just anxiety and stress and depression, you know, because of COVID and because of everything that was happening and everything was so unknown. And so it was kind of hard for me to think about or feel anything else outside of those emotions. But I kind of, you know, I, I made it a point. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to I'm going to turn this into like, honestly, a, a real job for the first time in my life, because I, I mean, it's always been a job. But, you know, normally it would be, you know, be on the road, play some shows, come home back to Nashville for a couple of days, go in and write. And I would be out experiencing things and having things that would just naturally inspire me and give me ideas for songs. And this was the first time I actually really had to sit down and <clears throat> actively seek out inspiration and and creativity and ideas and so after a couple of days of feeling really frustrated and feeling like i was just super stale with creativity i was like you know what megan every day you are going to sit down for at least one hour with your guitar and and try and write whether it's just playing your guitar and coming up with some guitar parts or progressions that you think are cool or some melodies or just writing down some lyrics or you know whatever it is you are going to dedicate one hour every day and if it turns into more than that and you get on a roll with something great and if it if it's just that one hour and at the end of it you don't feel like you have anything it's still you know at least you tried kind of thing but i realized that really making that <clears throat> very intentional effort it eventually did trigger that that creativity and i think it made me a much better songwriter um and also because you know normally when i would go in and write i didn't have a lot of time i was usually on a deadline like okay you've got <clears throat> this much time to write for a record and then you're going to go into the studio and cut it and then you're right back out on the road and this 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 and you know be talking to the label and the label will be like you know okay we think we've got this covered and this covered but we want a you know a love song or a ballad or up tempo for radio usually <laughs> and um so I, there was a lot of times where i was sort of chasing something which is not necessarily a bad thing but it also doesn't always necessarily result in the best song or or the most authentic um and this with this time i just had nothing but time to just go in and write and so i would go in some days and say you know what let's just try something weird today let's let's try and write something that that pulls in a little bit more of some of my other musical influences outside of country and like you know just get outside the box a little bit and some of those rights, I think, ended up being the best songs I, I've written, and a lot of them ended up on my latest project. So, yeah. Sorry, I know that was <laughs> long-winded, but... No, it's good. It's it's because, well, one, it was kind of a loaded question because so much has happened in such a, yeah. a small chunk of time. Because And, and something that you mentioned, on, and I'm glad you mentioned this because I definitely want to talk about it, it's that working in kind of that pressure cooker kind of situation, because a lot of young artists especially... And I'm sure we, you thought this at some point earlier in your career, like once you get that record label contract and, oh, smooth sailing, everything's roses and candy and you're just <laughs> living on your tour and you're singing Nickelback songs all day long. But it's like it's the seeing artists in not just the country genre, but like I've seen in rock, I've seen it in every genre. It's just that that kind of pressure cooker of time to get the right song, get it out there, follow that copy and paste format and. And the, the one thing I'm glad the pandemic did, because 
the industry, and I'm sure you've caught on to this, like it's very, the industry always has a history of falling behind a bit, whether that's through technology or through people or through whatever it is. But then the pandemic allowed the industry and artists to stop exactly what they're doing because in a world where everything is just constantly go, 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 it's hard to have that time to really bring out true authenticity in music because, and you giving yourself an hour a day, just sit there and write and just try and be creative. That's an excellent facilitator for that. And I'm sure some days you sit there and you're just like, I have absolutely nothing. My brain's not in it, my heart's not in it. And that's that was the one damaging thing for artists being stuck in a house, but it also forced writers to kind of think outside their normal state of being, if that makes any sense. Am I kind of hitting up the right tree here? Yeah, I mean, not only just the creative process, but I also spent a lot of time just self-reflecting and thinking about just myself and what kind of person I want to be and, you know, what kind of career I want and how I want to do it. Because, you know, this, this industry, this career is, it's really tough. And, and even, and, and it can get the best of even the best people, even the most grounded, most humble people, you know, and, and you can get so caught up when you want something so bad, you can get caught up making one little compromise here and one little compromise here. And then all of a sudden, you, you take a step back and look back and go, maybe, maybe some more compromises than I really wanted to. And it's hard to, it's hard to find that balance because on the one hand, you're like, okay, the fact that I get to do this for a living is such a blessing. This is, this is awesome. Like my job is awesome. And then other days you're like, I hate my job. This is, <laughs> this is so frustrating and it's like crushing my soul, you know, and oh my God, I'm not good enough. And what if I don't have what it takes? And, you know, to be perfectly honest during this pandemic is, is the first time in my entire life that I actually considered the idea that I might not have what it takes to do this. I was really down on myself for a period of time there. And, and it was really hard because I had nothing but time to just sit there and think about it, you know, and, and stew on it. And, um, you know, it was, it was a dark season for me for sure. But I also, you know, when I look back through my life, a lot of times those really dark, really tough seasons were followed by really amazing seasons of, of just success and fulfillment and, and a sense of, of confidence and, and self-worth. And, and I feel like I, the, the, the tide is changing for me in that regard and that I'm, I'm really moving into a much happier place. But it was, it was really dark, it was tough. And I was also living with another artist who was going through the same feelings that I was going through. You know, he was in the same position where he was geared up to have one of the biggest years of his career. There was a, a massive loss of, of income and plans that we had for our little family and, and, and our life as, as a couple that kind of got thrown to the wind, you know, and, and you know, worrying about money and, and stuff like that for the first time in my, in a couple years, you know, I mean, I'm no stranger to being broke. <laughs> you know, I was I was broke for a while before I signed my record deal, but I won't lie to you. When I started, you know, when I got my record deal and I started touring and I started actually seeing a return on everything I'd been putting in and I wasn't like stressing every week about whether or not I could pay my rent, I kind of really liked that. <laughs> and then, you know, and then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh wow, okay, I got to really start worrying about money again." You know, so there was there was just a lot of 
stressors and it really put it put mine and Mitchell's te- uh, relationship to the test as well because we went from you know the first two years of our relationship was us being gone and away from each other a lot being on the road and all that and we were really good at that you know we handled that very well as a couple because we were both really focused on our own careers and so it kind of like it was nice for both of us that that stress was taken off of both of us that neither one of us had to feel guilty or apologize for being gone or for being busy or for prioritizing our careers because we were both doing that and then all of a sudden we were like with each other every single day you know stuck in the house with nothing to do and nowhere to go and worrying about our respective careers and it didn't bring out the best in either of us at certain times but i think the fact that we learned a lot about each other and we learned how to love each other through it and come out of it stronger on the other side was another kind of silver lining because now i'm like man if we got through last year we could pretty much get through anything you know and and something that you touched on earlier is that self-reflection point and i think the issue with what a lot of people are dealing with now especially with the changes of the past two years is that self-reflection piece to make sure that you are okay and especially when it comes to the relationship especially if you're both in the same line of work which you are it it makes it certainly a challenge and an adjustment going from not seeing each other as much to seeing each other consistently and then adding money trouble into it and then adding not having anything to do going stir crazy trying to be creative and expand yourself while also trying to expand the business and trying to figure out how to adjust to a world where you can't play live shows where streaming music you make very little money as it is and and and, Mm -hmm. and all these other factors and the music industry has been amazing because over the decades it's one of the most resilient businesses and there's always there's been key moments in the industry where you've seen the changes whether it be from digital to streaming or from the physical to digital era or just mm-hmm. anything that forces the in- industry to evolve that's why I, I constantly refer to a lot of people in the industry as cockroaches just because no matter what happens no matter what nuclear bomb gets dropped they're always <laughs> still there yeah yeah so no not- i mean- uh, but uh, so, Megan, what what kind of now are the goals? We're kind of coming out more into uh, things are still up in the air, but there seems to be a bit more sense of direction on where things are going. Like, what's the next little while look like for you and your team? Um, well, I'm actually I'm about to fly out this afternoon to go to Florida to play the Tortuga Festival, and that's kind of my last major festival of the year. Um, and then I I think other than that, I'm I'm going to Vegas for the NFR. Um, thing and then um, other than that I, I mean fall is hunting season for me so I'm gonna be spending a lot of time in the woods I actually just got back from Mississippi yesterday was doing a deer hunt there so um, yeah I mean at this point you know I'm just right back to writing I'm gonna be doing a writing retreat next week with some of my favorite writers which I'm really excited about just focusing on on the next project and looking for figuring out and deciding what my single's gonna be here in the US while also, you know, working on what we're doing back in Canada radio. We've got Cool About It out right now, which I'm really excited about. I love that song. Um, so yeah, I'm just just gearing up and I mean honestly, I'm I'd like to believe that I think next year is gonna be a look a lot more normal than the past two years in terms of um, touring and stuff. Um, I'm I'm gonna be able to finally get back to Canada and 
finally make up the, the last few remaining uh, shows for my headlining tour, which I'm excited about. Um, and yeah, I mean, right now my, my main focus, like I said, is uh, just, just writing and just getting the best songs I can and enjoying, you know, now that I've been able to get out of the house more and play some more shows, just enjoying a little bit of downtime before hopefully I go back into what will be a, a normal busy year next year. <laughs> And kind of the, I know we don't have a lot of time, so this is going to be the last thing I'll ask, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But uh, I, I'm, because country is such a authentic genre of storytellers, people that are willing to wear their hearts on their sleeve, bear their souls, all that kind of stuff. What what piece of advice would you have for the next generation of country artists, whether it be in the bands, solo, guy, girl, whoever it is? Yeah, I mean, I would just say. <sighs> don't spend don't waste any time chasing what's working for other people you know you need to spend all of your time and energy digging deep within yourself and figuring out who you are as an artist and what you want to say and how you want to say it how you want it to sound you know because the reality is, is like you, you know if you chase something that's working for somebody else or something that seems to be kind of trendy and like the thing that everybody's listening to at that time you might you might be able to get a hit or something out of it but then but if it's not really true to you you're gonna have to follow it up with something else and so you're either gonna have to completely switch gears and then finally do what's real to you or you're gonna have to try and kind of like keep up this charade of just chasing trends and i mean you can like i said you can make money that way but you won't gain lasting fans you won't really create an actual fan base that's going to stay loyal to you sorry um that's going to stay loyal to you and and really buy you as well as the songs because you know if you look at some of some of the most successful artists you know all through time but like for example right now you know you look at someone like luke combs the reason there's a lot of reasons why luke combs is really successful i mean the, the most obvious being you know he can sing his ass off and you know he's got he's got great songs he's a great performer but also, Luke has been very authentic to who he is in every sense, the way he the way he dresses, the way he acts on stage, the way he writes his songs like it's not, you know, and, and it's all very identifiable as this is a Luke Combs song, you know, and so when people like Luke, they don't just like his songs, they they're not buying just the songs, they're buying him, they're buying the whole brand, the whole persona. And I think that's a really important thing to be aware of. And 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 focus on when you're a new artist and you're creating your own way that being said no know, knowing that like be aware of the fact that it might take you a little bit longer seemingly than some of the other artists around you and i've had to remind myself that in the interest of chasing that authenticity and and sometimes blazing my own trail and doing something that might be totally different than what's working you know working at radio or what's popular or trendy at the time in the end the fans that I that I gain, they they remain fans, and and they're they're really true loyal fans because they're not just into like a song they heard that they liked. They they like me. They like every. They like the you know the the lifestyle that I live, the the way I carry myself, and the way that that comes through in my songs because it's because it's true to me. So yeah, I mean that would <clears throat> that would be my advice, and also keep the blinders on. It's a it's a very dangerous and toxic game to be always looking at what everybody else is doing and comparing yourself to other artists 
their journey is not your journey. And you don't know, you also don't know what their journey's been. It, it may look like to you that all of a sudden they got success overnight, but you don't know the work that they put in or what they did before they got there. And you know what? Some people do get it overnight and some people don't. And that's just, you know, you can say it's fair or unfair, but it's just the reality. And at the end of the day, you, you won't do yourself any favors by, by worrying about what other people are doing. That's wasted energy that you could be putting towards what you're doing and making your music better and making you become undeniable. You know, it's just what other people do, are doing is kind of irrelevant. And I still work on that every day myself. You know, I find myself on social media and seeing things, which we all know it's the highlight reel. You know, nobody's really sharing their their failures or their frustrations. You know, for the most part, it's people showing their successes and, and look at this thing I'm doing and look how cool this is, you know? And I catch myself looking at them and being like, well, like I don't have that or I'm not doing that. Like what's wrong with me? And it's just, it's so toxic to you and it's not, it doesn't help you move forward. It doesn't help you progress. It doesn't make you a better artist. It just kind of, just kind of sucks your energy out and like drains your soul, you know? No, I completely get it. Be authentic to you and what you do. Don't let others dictate the path yeah. and just longevity is key and authenticity is key. You yeah. nailed it. Uh, Megan, this has uh, been a great little chat. I hope uh, one day we can sit down and do a, a full length one. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything you want to promote or shout out really quick? Um, yeah, I just uh, we just put out the music video, official music video for Cool About It. It's my favorite music video I've ever done before. Uh, I've been joking and saying it would be like if like Ocean's Eleven in a Bond movie had a baby over a country song. That's what this video is. It's really cool. It's, it's got its own little storyline, and um, the actors we had are incredible. My uh, my director Sean did an amazing. Like it looks like a full on like freaking Hollywood production, and I can't believe that he did that with you know one day of filming. So I'm really proud of it, and uh, I hope you guys love it and check it out. The new video is going to be in the link description below. Same with all of other all of Megan's other stuff. Megan, thanks so much for hanging out. This has been a great little chat. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. Take it easy. All right. Thanks, buddy. Peace. Take care.